As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's do it. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. It is another Hoops Adjacent episode of The Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. with the Up and Down Wizards, who lost a bad one Monday night in San Antonio out in the bay with the with the golden children with the with the warriors up and down America's about us. sweethearts <laughs> nothing up and Mark, down about us in the bay that's how we Thompson. roll <laughs> hey yo you, it is it is insane to me that they're like that they're here like this is nuts yeah <laughs> this like are we really right back here like are You're we right back, back at it like this is crazy. Act like, like you've been there before. Act like you've been there before. Exactly. I'm trying. Be a champion. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Like every game is like the biggest game in the world now. It's like uh, it reminds me. It like I hate saying this. I really hate saying it because if you were there, you just know. It reminds me of 2015, 16, and how yeah, yeah. every night was like this barometer, right? Every yeah. night was like. They just kept doing something. Uh, right. and I don't think this team is as good as that team, but this is this is ridiculous, dude. The defense, I'm the defense piece to me is the one that I'm just stunned at how good they are already so far this season. I mean, Lord, I mean, it's just it's they're doing this like like you said in fifteen sixteen. You could understand because Bogut was so good defensively, you know, low key underrated, good defensively. And Dre was not known and was younger and, and didn't have all the mileage. And, and so they was Iguodala. Yeah. And, and Livingston Play. and all those guys that could just sick on people. But this year, I'm not, I mean, I'm not shocked, but I just, I didn't think this group could be this good defensively. No, I'm shocked. I'm not even <laughs> You just like, run up front. <laughs> listen, we were like, man, if they're, like, what is it, 20 games? If they were 13 and 7, yeah. like, there still would have been a parade. Like, right. They're like, yo, Warriors back. They are 18 and two. 18 and <laughs> like, two. they could lose these next two games against Phoenix, and right. it doesn't even matter. Like, they're 18 and <laughs> four. Well, matter. Like, all right now they're 18 and four, and there's one team better than them, right? Like, what right. does this even mean? Like, this, this is, Zora, this is nuts. This is ridiculous. What, what do you, Zora, you act like Zora didn't cover a team that's won a ship. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, like, no. Zora is chilling right now. She's, she's on that. Like, we, we already the, got our ring hype. You know, we beat yo. up. <laughs> no, there was a little bit of, you know, I won't say a storm, but the beginning, you know, to this, the ride this season has, you know, 
had its its wavelength, so to speak. But what's interesting is in Milwaukee, like there's been so much narrative about like the regular season not meaning anything because of all those years where they couldn't progress in the playoffs. And so I'm in a world where, you know, they could be, you know, only two losses with, you know, 20 games in and no one would be cheering or jumping for joy because everybody would be like, all right, we'll do it in the playoffs. And now it's finally like, oh, they did it. And all that is hushed. And so it's interesting just to see the different dynamics of the two seasons. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. Turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs like the bullshit and braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. With David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> And then he yeah. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. And Marcus Thompson. I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content yeah. and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing at him. Who's the Jason? Jason. Welcome to Hoop 5 4. We have ignition. May, may I introduce you properly since you were a guest on the program this week? <laughs> of course, of course. She is the sideline reporter for the Milwaukee Bucks, works for NBC Sports, and this is the most this is the most impressive thing, MT. Still third all time in three pointers made for the Elon Phoenix. Zora Stevenson is with us. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. Excited to talk to you. Did you leave third? Did you leave third on the list? Or did somebody so pass? I don't know what I left in terms of makes. I left number one in three point percentage. Someone has since surpassed that. Yes. So I believe I'm two now. Yes. In three point percentage, but I didn't know what I was in makes. Yes. So, so that's a little. Two hundred and twenty-eight, I think, was your total. Can we solicit a moment of absolute truth serum and honesty? How does it feel to be passed? Are you happy for the young woman who passed you? Or are you like, oh, I can't stand that? No, it's funny because someone brought it up. I didn't even realize it happened. And someone brought it up to me. And I was like, oh, dang. Because that's kind of been my like thing, that like, thing to prove that I actually did something. And now it's gone. But no, I mean, you know, they always say records are meant to be broken. But it is nice to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's all good. So when you watch, you have a unique perspectives you watch somebody like Steph shooting is it is it more appreciative or are you just like yeah that's what that's what greatness looks like I've been I've been I've had runs like that in my career I know what that's like yeah but his run doesn't end right. like <laughs> right. shooters shooters tend to be streaky right yeah. and they can have yeah. you know a couple games where they're on but like the consistency is wild to me. And then the range too. Um, A lot of times when shooters have range, they can step, you know, five, six feet behind the line, but they're open when they do that. They're not coming off the dribble, a live dribble, pulling up. I mean, I know Dame does it as well, but just the ease that it seems that he has at that at that distance is nuts. Yeah. Cause I, you know, like obviously different levels here, but like, I mean, I had range behind the line, mm-hmm. but I was open <laughs> because I was backing up in the, you know, yeah. and just the fact that he's guarded out there and just pulls up at any time. The skill level is crazy. I would imagine watching hoop with you is like super fun, especially when you're not working because are you one of the people who like can predict if the shot's not going in by looking at the form? Like, ah, oh, that's off. Or are you, are you one of those people? <laughs> And you can, there's ways to even predict what a shot's going to look like simply by looking at somebody's feet. Mm. 
right? Well, like there's little intricacies See, that's of, that, you know, that's their that feet. basketball nuance. I love yeah, exactly. that. <laughs> or as soon as it leaves the hands, as soon as it leaves the hands, not so much the form, because nowadays everybody's form is very different. There's not traditional yeah. form anymore, I feel like. So it's more of like how it looks coming off the fingertips and and the spin on the basketball, the arc on the basketball, things like that. And I'm like, but it's hard for me to get out of work mode. Yeah. I, you know, I watch TV now and I'm so into like the broadcast vision. I always am wondering like how the reporters are going to tell their stories, what stories, what questions they ask. Like I'm into the nitty gritty of that. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of times how I'm watching basketball games too. Well, I'm fascinated. Right, important question. Hold on. Yeah, important go question. Go we got to ask mm-hmm. this. Best form, Steph or Clay? unpopular opinion maybe but clay thompson's form is like it's the only correct form. answer this is why she's a shooter okay. this is what i'm talking about DA. That was, you passed the test i mean you passed it by being number one in three-point percentage but the secondary test that's how you know a real a real shooter right there his form is yeah like you want to talk about beef and like you know balance elbow eyes follow through that's clay thompson that's perfect almost Perfect. Pretty much perfect. Yeah. No, it's textbook. Basically. Yeah, I am I am fascinated by, you know, when someone who's played, I didn't play. I sucked. I was terrible. And so when somebody who played is in the sideline role, I know you are looking at the game completely differently than I'm looking at the game. And how do you kind of get out of that ex-player mode to, oh, wait, I got to be a reporter now again? <laughs> like, you know, because I never had to worry about that, that, that transfer. For sure. I, well, I also enjoy the storytelling aspect. And so that like moves me and motivates me in a different way. And I always tell people like what's cool about television and just the the liveness of it all is that it gives me that same angst that I kind of had when I was playing. And so that's, that's why I enjoy it so much where I find it's hard for me to turn it off is like at the end of the game, sometimes I ask too many like specific questions about plays Mm. and I'll use terminology that I, you know, I may need to explain to the average viewer. Right. Right. And so the player knows what I'm talking about, but Zori getting in the nitty gritty, like do more overarching things, um, do more generalized things. So I try to mix it up, like have generalized questions, but then, you know, there are the real like nerdy fans that want to get into the nitty gritty. So I try to, appeal to multiple skill sets. I you can see more. her after a shot, right? Like, hey, uh, your elbow was, was a little bit out. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The angle you took on that, on that pin down wasn't exactly <laughs> pristine. So let's, I mean, let's talk about, I'm going to talk about you as, as much as you want to, but I, I just, I, I think the bucks are just fascinating to me because they, they won this thing in the most unexpected way, right? <laughs> in the most unexpected place and, and venue and, and kind of how they did it was just like, I just wonder if you, like, I don't know how many games you got to see in person during the playoffs last year, you know, cause I know the networks take it over at a certain time. But what was that like just sitting there watching them kind of achieve this thing that had been this like, mountain lion that had been eating them for years you know i saw so many different gears hit throughout the playoffs and it was like each series was a different season which was wild to me Mm -hmm. uh so you had that that first series against miami and i felt like there was a lot of anticipation that it might be close yeah and they shut all of that up they proved that they had taken a step and they were in playoff mode yeah and they they had realized there's a difference between 
the regular season in the playoffs and, and what you have to bring, the execution, the effort, the tenacity, all those things. So they took that step in the, in the first round. Second round against Brooklyn, you know, it's the general manager here, John Forrest, always says you have to be healthy during the playoffs. Right. And, and they had some bumps and bruises, but they had enough depth. You have to be good, which I think there's no debating. The Bucks have skill set. And you have to be a little lucky. Sure. Got a little luck. Yeah. But it's one thing to get lucky. You got to take advantage when you get it. Yeah. And so that Brooklyn series started off awful. There was, you know, I mean, it was like, whoa, what's going on? And then it was like a realization of we have an opportunity. Right. We need to seize that. And I was in Brooklyn for game seven. And there was a lot of moments where I felt like the bucks of, you know, the season before the season before that would have failed. Yeah. And they, they, they kept coming even with every run. You talk about basketball being a game of runs and they've learned how to respond to runs. Right which I think is impressive. Then you go to the Hawks series, which to me out of all four was the, you know, but the big thing out of that was Giannis got injured. And, you know, the day they clinched the NBA finals, he was not on the floor. Right, right, right. right. So like put some respect on Chris Middleton's name, mm-hmm, please. Can mm-hmm. You know, that's always been an argument. And then the finals, it started off again, down 0-2 again. And it was like, my goodness. And uh, Giannis in game six, I've never seen him play like that. I don't think anybody has. I don't even think he's ever been in that mode. He said, Zora, I don't even remember some of those moments because I was just in a different zone somewhere else. Yeah. You know what's, uh, I mean, it's just, first off, it was just incredibly cool to watch, right? Like we literally watched history blossom. Like it it happened right before our eyes in the most dramatic way, right? Uh, and, And Giannis is just such an entertaining figure. Um, at what point did you get to, did you get to realize, I mean, you, you put in countless hours, all kind of time to get to where you are. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't know. You probably just popped up on their TV, right? <laughs> they just like, Hey, who's the singer? But did you, did you have a moment to kind of just like, you know, I grew up watching basketball. I played basketball and I just really witnessed like history, I witnessed one of the greats of all time become that, right? How, like, what was that moment like when it hit you and how cool was that? I think that's the great challenge is to be able to sit back and take it all in. Like we're wired in this business, just keep going. And so when like the clock went to zero and the Bucks had won the finals, I, in that moment, I'm like, okay, Zora, what questions are you going to ask? Yeah. And, no. you know, you're run. I mean, the crowd is insane and you're trying to, we did shoulder programming uh, for Bally at that point. Yeah. And so you're trying to get interviews as fast as you can, because, you know, once they go in the locker room, that's a whole nother thing. And so I'm like in work mode and I really, honestly, and even in the parade, like I, I had to host the parade. And so even in that moment, I was in work mode. It probably wasn't until this season started and like the banner went up yeah, and yeah. the guys got their rings. That was, I was like, wow. To me, cause people keep asking, obviously I didn't win anything, but I cover this team so closely. It's beautiful to see people reach the pinnacle of what they work so hard for. Yeah. Yeah. And then on a personal level to be able, like, I had never been to an NBA finals game before oh, that, that first right? game oh, in wow. Phoenix. Wow. How about that? So, I mean, I grew up a Wizards fan. Well, Come on. Yeah, I, I well, never you been certainly haven't been to a <laughs> That almost excluded you from it, right? Like almost excluded you were, me. So, you were forbidden from going. First and second round is as, as long as I've, you know, first and second round is as good as I've gotten. So uh, just being at that first game in Phoenix, 
I took that in and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah. It, it's it's Be different. At a finals, game. finals are different, man. I tell if you ever get a chance, boy, you got to go to one because it's just a whole different, it's a whole different vibe and mentality. What do you think they, you know, you see mentioned they got off to a, to a kind of up and down start. And I think a lot of that is, you know, Brooks been hurt and, and hasn't played and, and, and Agreed. Middleton was out with COVID. And I, I mean, these are key guys. These are not like end of the bench guys. Um, but you know, as we take this, I think they've won like seven in a row or something like that. They look like they're getting back to being themselves now. So what do you think they, they brought forward from the championship last year that kind of allowed them to get through the first rough five, six, seven games and not worry too much about it? Poise and confidence. It, it's the, the season goes like this, yeah. but you can stay like this. Right. I think Giannis has talked about that. Chris has always been really good at that. But as a collective, I, I feel that with them. Uh, even as everything around them, injuries and, you know, some days the shot's going to fall. Seasons like this, but the team has remained like this. And then that confidence of what's happening in October, November does not dictate what happens in June. Because, I, I mean, when you're in the thick of, like, the playoffs – what happens now we're not even talking about it they're not talking about it it is so like a week in the nba seems like months at times because yeah. so much could happen <laughs> sure. in such a short amount of time so i think they're realizing like there's there's different pieces to this and so right now it's just about getting everybody healthy everybody acclimated you know after the all-star break i think is when you kind of gauge things a little bit more i remember when uh when the warriors won their first title Remember how DA everybody was like it was luck. Remember Doc Rivers called oh, yeah. it luck. Doc Rivers, sure, was like, ah, sure. they, had, they were the most uninjured <laughs> team in history. Right, right, and right. They really had like a chip on their shoulder. And obviously, after the Bucks won, everybody was like, ah, it's Brooklyn, right? It they doesn't matter. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder, and I, you know, obviously, they the health and you know has been an issue, so it, it's been tough to kind of get that going. But how much, how motivated are they to kind of? essentially validate a title they won, which is kind of ridiculous to say out loud, but <laughs> right. Like, what, what the, what's that disposition been like? I don't think they feel that they have anything to prove. Yeah. I really believe these guys are like, we won, say what you want, but we did it. I, I mean, they were just so full of joy. Like there's no like, Oh, this one is less than, or, I mean, yeah, yeah. and you could talk about it being even having one of those asterisks because COVID was still going on and there was a lot happening. Um, and just to get through that season. And then, I mean, they weren't hundred percent healthy. I know Brooklyn, you know, had things going on, but like Giannis's knee was not a hundred percent. Right. <clears throat> and he played his best basketball to help get this there. team. And Dante was out. Right. So like, they, it's not like they had this red carpet laid out for them in this easy road. Uh, they had to go through their ups and downs and overcame adversity. If anything, I think it's, okay, fine. If people are going to say that that was a little bit of luck, well, that luck is going to prepare them for when it's not so lucky right. and for whatever's whatever's ahead. Right. Uh, in, in the same vein, uh, you know, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he was supposed to be fired if they didn't win the title. <laughs> Everybody was taking his job away. So but, did Bud but, walk who, in who like with his shirt unbuttoned down to his stomach, like <laughs> with his stunner shades on? Like, what was that y'all were talking? Y'all can't see me now. Yeah, an extension now. So winning, we know what winning does. It, you know, changes everything. Yeah, yeah. I like Bud. I mean, Bud's just kind of, I mean, he's different off the floor. I'll just say that. <laughs> he's different off the court than he is. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a cool, I mean, all the players – 
talk about how laid back he is. I was just asking Grace and Allen, who's in Milwaukee for the first year. I was like, have you ever had practices that are like an hour? He's like, never. Like, this is amazing. I mean, a lot of players talk about how he manages things and their bodies and all that kind of stuff. So players appreciate it. Man, you so- tell me I'm getting fired or I don't deserve my job and I win. I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm stepping on people's couches <laughs> with my dirty shoes. You like, know what I'm saying? Down. I'm parking in people's spaces yeah. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you? When did the when did the reporting t- storytelling bug get in you? Oh well, you know, it started as Zora loves basketball and just wants to stay in basketball. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Stay like I just wanted to be involved in sports. And after college, I couldn't get a sports job. And, and with the thing with sports is I find in my experiences is where news jobs are posted, sports jobs are not. Sports jobs are all in the background. Right, right, right. And um, so when I was graduating college, I took a news job. And, uh, you know, it's like being present where you are. I got ingrained in it. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to shoot video, write, edit, deliver, be concise, you know. Um, and so I you know, garnered all the skill sets to be able to report on anything. Basically, and I realized, (laughs) (laughs) and I learned that like, if you know how to be a reporter, you can do politics or you can do basketball. Yeah. Like it really, it's all the same skill sets. And so I really got into all the storytelling stuff and uh, hard news got to be a lot. I went from Greenville, North Carolina to Denver and, you know, we're running to the worst thing in a city every single day. And I was like, I got to get back to basketball. And I would send my stuff out everywhere. And people were just like, you don't have enough sports experience. So I would do color commentary for the D2 school. I would go cover UC Boulder on an off day. I taught my husband how to like use a camera and he would be my cameraman. And we just go do interviews and put together enough stuff for a reel. And I always, you know, a lot of people reach out and they're like, you know, they want to hear your story. And I'm like, it only takes one yes. The Bucks saw something. They're like, you could do this. And here I am. And I feel like everything has opened up from there. Wow. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full-body strength, or marathon training all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You know, my, my wife. Shout is out from, to the husband, by the way. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> my wife is from just outside of Milwaukee, so I know that area very well. Um, but it's different. <laughs> it's a different vibe. It's a different flavor. And you have to kind of accept that. But I found that 
folks in Milwaukee are, are pretty, pretty genuine and pretty cool. I, I, you know, I know they got, man, some, I got problems with Milwaukee, man. When I was there got- for internship, I interned at the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel. In 1998, uh, it was terrible. We went back to NABJ. I'm like, Milwaukee is low-key lit. Like, what the right. hell took y'all so long? Like, it's a way different city now. I'm like, why y'all pop after I leave? That was out exactly. of pocket. Uh, so, Zora, how did you, I mean, what was that kind of, you know, transition like for you? Because you're, you know, you're a DMV girl. You you know, you know what, what yeah. growing up in this town is like. It's different than growing up in Milwaukee would be. <laughs> like, so. the, did the Afrofest hold you over? Or no? <laughs> you know, there's some, there's a lot of folk here. Yeah, it's, there are, there are. And, and, yes. and it, what's interesting is like, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a bubble. You know, I'm just so ingrained yeah, yeah. with work that I don't realize all the things outside of the Bucks. Like the, the Bucks are not Milwaukee, right? Obviously it's a huge part of it, but there's so many people that could never even go to a game, right, right, you know? Right. Mm. Um, it's not something that's attainable. So um, Milwaukee's been really, really good to me though. I'm a chill person. You know, I like to be able to go out to dinner in sweats and not have to, you know, say what I do or who I am. Just be. Yeah. And Milwaukee's yeah, that that's type Milwaukee, of town. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely Milwaukee. That's Milwaukee. <laughs> For sure. So I appreciate that part about it. And it's a nice place. You know, you go to all the NBA cities. It's a nice place to come home yeah. and just chill out. I've gotten up to the point now it's 40 degrees outside and I like just have sweats on. So yeah. I feel like I'm getting acclimated oh, yeah, to the, the freezing in. Oh, cold. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, so it's, it's everywhere, you know, no traffic. Yeah. I mean, DMV is like ridiculous. It I is. don't have to time anything out. I can be late and still be on time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, but obviously it's, um, you know, Peter Fagan, the president here, when he first got here said, you know, it's wild to me, like, you know, Milwaukee's like one of the most segregated places yeah. ever been. And that's, you know, what I do appreciate about the Bucks is they're like so in the community. So through work, yeah. I've been able to meet so many different types of people, been all over the city. And it's just wild to me, the tale of two cities yeah. that this area is. <laughs> no it's it's ridiculous and it's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. 40%. Yeah. 40%. Right. But the two never meet. <laughs> never meet. Oh, I didn't see forty percent when I was there. That's all I'm saying. I didn't see him there. I was looking for him. I was right. riding around. Well, because you were downtown. That's yeah, why I had nowhere else to go. I was right, like, you right. pop up and you end up in a city you can't pronounce. It's like, let me get my butt back to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> what What was the you know the, the Bucks led the way in a, in, on the social justice thing with George Floyd and and. The, uh, and and then the Jacobs uh, shooting and and it was just whew, it was a it was a minute um, and I just wonder what that felt like being on the ground there now, I know they were in the bubble mm. the, the first yeah. time but but just like what did it feel like knowing that this is your team that's taking the lead in, in talking mm. out about these things I was proud yeah because especially at that point that was a team that had a lot of pressure on its on its back to perform and to win and that was supposed to be the year and you knew if you took that stance not to play it adjusted things i know it's like an unsaid thing and there's no real way to pinpoint it but to take a stand like that uh it changed things on the court and they said that's okay as a unit they said that's okay that's where it was, I know George Hill like was such an integral part of that, but everybody had to be on board. Yeah. And I just thought that's what amazed me because there's so many different personalities and backgrounds in a locker room. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is it didn't start just with, you know, I know that's what got the most attention, but 
the one day I'll never forget as a part of this job is they went to a prison December 2019. So this was even before the bubble. Right. Giannis went, George Hill went, Kyle Korver went, Pat Connaughton, like all the main names on the team. And they were like in a circle with people who were incarcerated, all telling their stories. It was just the mo- and it was just like, it wasn't MVP and inmate. It was human and human. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I respect, I have so much respect for these men, you know? And then there was a whole basketball game and the mascot was there. And it's moments like that where I'm like, this team is about so much more than what they do on the court. And it's not just in the big televised, publicized moments. It's the things they do off the court that, you know, don't get a ton of pub. Uh, Speaking of off the court, like I wanted to ask you about this before we we get into some more basketball, but how fun is Giannis to cover? Like I, I was, I was literally sitting there with my wife and daughter watching the clip of him talking about Oreos, like literally tickled <laughs> like a kid. Like, this is like, yo, I want some Oreos now. Just, but <laughs> this dude just seems like he's just, he's just incredible to be around, right? Like just to cover, to get to know. I can imagine how he presents himself publicly. It's probably even better privately. Right. So uh, w- what's that like? And, and you almost lose the fact that he's, he's going to go down as one of the best to ever play this game, right? So you kind of lose the fact that he's an all-time great because he just feels so tangible. Right, like you can relate to him, but it's like, well, I'm not even close to you at all. Does that make sense in terms of your like our your ability is like yes, here? But I remember somehow I feel like we have things in common. I remember which the is wild. mind blowing off Oreos and milk, like done. Yeah. It was like, yo, this is the greatest thing ever. Like I, that was so relatable to me. Right. Yeah. And how beautiful is that that you can relate to what so many see as a superhero. Like a lot of times you can't relate to your heroes and Giannis has that ability just, and it's not even like he's trying. It's just because he still has this kid mentality. He's relatable to your daughter, yeah. who you know, or any some, somebody that may not even know about basketball, but they know about Oreos. <laughs> they, you know, the other day he was showing off basketball cards, whether you're not into basketball, but maybe you collect something that's important to you. You yeah. know, I think it's, I think that's really awesome. You can relate to the kids who gets his shoes in his Jersey, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, I watched that the other night. He gave the kid, he gave the kid the jersey, and he gave the the kid's sister, or he gave the kid his shoes, gave his sister the jersey. Yeah, that was just. Yeah, I'm an old cynical reporter, and I was like, "Damn, that's pretty cool." (laughs) Like, turn the air off. uh, Not even you. you. (laughs) So, I I always felt like Zora the Bucks love it when nobody pays any attention to them. Like, y'all want to talk about. You know, Katie and Kyrie and Harden and Brooklyn, fine, go ahead. We don't, we'll just show up with our 60 and see who wins in June. And uh, I wonder if that's even more kind of what they would like. It's harder because they're the defending champions, but would they like to not have any attention on them during this season? They get that question all the time. Like, do you feel like you're seen as underrated or you don't get enough attention? And they're like, we don't mind it. That's how their personalities are, though. I mean, like the leaders of this team, Chris, Drew and Giannis are all laid back. I wonder what it would be like if there were like, you know, cameras here every day and a ton of people. Right. Yeah. Uh, They get to kind of live their lives unbothered. And I feel like they appreciate that. And and it's almost like their work is done in silence. It's not because they're in the NBA and nothing's in silence. But I mean, right now, what, seven in a row? And they get to just kind of like build and get better without all the attention. I don't think they mind it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, um, like, 
where do you stand with where this team is again regular season what's that to them right the <laughs> small potatoes the champions but in terms of you know you know where they'll need to be come playoff time and how they need to acquiesce uh i, I know the seven game win streak is not like Super impressive is against beatable teams, but it's still seven wins. Where are they as far as, you know, piecing together and getting ready for their defense? I think they're in a really good place, but I think as time goes on, this team is going to continue to evolve because you're going to get Brooke Lopez back and then it's going to be another iteration of the team. They're going to like right now with Bobby Portis at the five, they're playing completely different right. defensive schemes yeah. because they're playing what is good for Bobby Portis. You can't expect Bobby Portis to play like Brooke, right? Like that's, and and he even said credit to coach Bud for making adjustments in that area. So what I mean is as each piece comes back, it's going to be a different team. And so I'm going to have to reevaluate, I think each iteration of this team all the way up until the playoffs. Cause like, okay, you got DeMarcus cousins. who you've got to iterate. I think that'll be, you know, minutes off the bench, but how does that even work? Um, and then you go, Brooke Lopez coming back or Dante DiVincenzo, whoever comes first and each, each piece coming back is going to be a different point of the team. Do they make any changes before the deadline? Another piece of the team. So I think that's going to continue to evolve. Zora, are you still, do you ever dream about still playing? Hmm. Yes and no. Like the competitive spirit is still there and I still get mad if I lose like in a pickup game, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also realistic with what my skill set was and what my ceiling was in the game. And so I'm content and I just feel blessed that I get to continue it. Like what the orange ball has done for me mm-hmm. isn't just on the court. And so I, I have gratitude in that way. But yeah, like I was shooting out here today and my shots were, even like uh, Darvin Ham was like, geez, I'm like, I know, I know it's a lot of bricks. So <laughs> I got to get back, I got to get back in the gym. And uh, Do you, you go know, to the, the, uh, the do you show. go to D Ham and some of the assistants and say, look at my, what's wrong with my wrist? What's going on with this? What's <laughs> Right. I should ask for advice. I haven't done you know? that. Yeah, I know what's wrong I with should. it. Speaking of uh, bricks, uh, actually the opposite of bricks, uh, how Grayson Allen has been <laughs> like the low key, one of the coldest pickups yeah. of the season. Like the dude is shooting what forty plus percent from three. Uh, how just how big has he been, and w- what's he like? You know, he's a very unlikable dude right a lot of people don't like Grayson Allen uh I'm curious how he fits amongst a super likable team for sure I think Grayson Allen is in a much I know so many people hear the word they hear the name Grayson Allen and think Duke Grayson Allen but NBA Grayson Allen and Milwaukee Buck Grayson Allen is a completely different basketball player and he fits right in with that chill personality uh, and and mood and theme. I mean, he kind of comes in, does his job, and goes about his day. Says he likes Milwaukee. He's found some nice spots. You know, I think it, again, the city like is so chill. It fits with a lot of these guys. And he said it's the most open he's ever been, which is a hundred percent the Giannis effect. Yeah. I looked at the numbers, and last season with Memphis, about sixty percent of his shots, catch and shoot opportunities were unguarded. Yeah. This season already seventy percent. <laughs> And I said that to him and he said, and I'm putting it up more, more attempts. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just interesting, you know, just for a shooter to come in. It's like a shooter's dream here. Cause Giannis just, he's going to kick it to you. Yeah. He's going to kick it out. All you got to do is make did it. He, did he, did Grace, I mean, I know some guys will come into that situation and go, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot too much. You know, I don't want to, cause it's Giannis's team. 
did he automatically kind of Not roll into that? I'm, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going up one way or the other, right? Um, but it, how, was there any transition for him off of that? I think he was in an interesting position because early – both Drew and Chris were in and out. Yeah, yeah. And so that automatically meant there were more shots. So he he's now going through a period, I think, of I got to figure out how to get my touches with the big three in there. But like the first 10 games, 15 games of the season, it was kind of him and Giannis out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, you know, I mean, last, what, seven games or so, 10 points per game, which there was a five-game stretch when Chris was out, he was averaging 19. Yeah. I just think that's, you know, the ball's in – Chris drew Giannis's hands more. Right. Yeah. Rightfully so. And he knows, are, I think he, he understands that. Are they learning yeah. that? Like, how confident or, or how effective is this Bobby Portis small ball lineup? I mean, obviously, you're getting a lot of it. And the real, realization is Brooke Lopez is 33 years old. He's played a lot in this league. And you, you probably have to be prepared <laughs> for him right. at this time. Uh, how, how effective is that? Is this a lineup that they can bank on? Because uh, it looks really good at times in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I think it's doable. You work with what you got and you work with what's available. So in the beginning, I think there was a transition period. They had to figure out defensively. I think offense comes, but they had to figure out defensively how to have Bobby as they call it the MIG most important guy mm-hmm. uh, defensively. But like my question back to you is like, is it truly small ball? I think Bobby's six ten, Giannis is seven feet. Yeah. Like, should we feel you know they've got yeah. the they've got the size. I think skinny it's just ball, so different we'll call from, it skinny ball. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, I just think mostly because Bobby then, can shoot it so well, but so can Bro- uh, uh, you know Brook. So it's probably not that much different. He just feels a little small. Yeah. I mean, everybody's smaller <laughs> next Everybody, to Brooke, he, right? he, Well, he's small. Yeah, compared, compared to Brooke. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so um, what do you – I always want to ask, um, you know, reporters this. The, the idea that, you know, there's people – I always try to think about it like there may be somebody who's never seen Giannis play. And they're watching this game tonight. <laughs> and I always put pressure on myself. Like, I don't want to mess this story up because somebody may not know who these people, who these guys are. And I just wonder what you bring, how, how you approach that when you're thinking about doing a particular game that night, understanding that it's not just the hardcore fans, but it's a lot of casual fans, especially now with the Bucks because they're the defending champs. There's a lot of casual fans who may not know the game as well. And how do I kind of marry those two things together? I think I can't marry them together in one report, but I can marry them together in the types of reports I do. Mm-hmm. So I could have one report that appeals to the hardcore fan. I could have one report that shows more of the human side of Giannis or any of the players, right? Yeah. I could have the more generalized report or the nitty gritty report. And so that's what I try to do is just try to mix the stories that I'm telling up. So yeah, one report, you may not understand anything I'm saying because I'm talking about intricacies and themes of the team. The dunker spot. And one report, <laughs> yeah, the dunker spot, right? Like, you know, if you don't, if and I don't even want to say if you don't watch basketball, if you really don't pay attention to the Bucks, you may not even understand what that is. Yeah. Um, and then the next story may be talking about Oreos or, <laughs> or George Hill buying somebody's groceries, right? Yeah. And you can, you can, um, you know, relate to that. So I just try to mix it up. That's the biggest thing. 
um, that I've found has worked. But it also it's so hard because like when you're on these regional broadcasts, right? You feel like you're, I mean, you're covering the same team every single right. day. So uh, that challenges us though to get creative and really report, right? And and get different stories. Listen, I I want I want the nuance. I, you know, we had um, Roz Goldamude during the Warriors run, another player. Just the intel, like having somebody who knows what they're seeing in timeouts, who knows like just so much of the little stuff. I, I think there's a huge audience for it. like we love that stuff. Like I want the sideline reporter to bring me something I didn't know. And y'all hoopers can do that. Like, you know, like plays and, you know, all that like type of stuff that we just don't know. We think we know what we don't know. So I, I hope you keep doing it. I think, I think it's what's great. I think it's a, it's, it's where Elon comes in, right? Like exactly. you ain't do all the practices for nothing. I'm about to bring it down. For you. <laughs> don't, don't let, don't let go of that though. I won't. No, exactly. I want to no, know. You bring, you bring incredible, chops to it Zora thank I mean I can't thank you enough for for joining us today and I wish you nothing but the best of success going forward you are a superstar and it's going to just get better for you so you know keep doing what you're yeah, doing remember you're doing the little great. people man you know exactly what I'm saying? Like, no, and the old people like we don't need a lot just throw the deuces up say what's up like acknowledge us when we say your name the crowd and security you know it's all good no. Marcus <laughs> DA, seriously, thank you both. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And I won't I won't remind you that American beat Elon in 2012, your freshman year. Oh wow. He <laughs> this is where we end. Back, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> take back, take back everything we said. Take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I we appreciate you being on. We appreciate all of y'all listening. Leave that five-star review for us on Apple, on Google Play, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this fine American U.S.-born podcast. Marcus, as always, if they do less than five stars, what do they need to do? They need to stop being Wizards fans because clearly they used to trash, right? Leave five stars. Quit being a hater. Damn, Wizards are thirteen and eight, man. I know, Damn. Right? I mean, I'm I just, just following y'all lead. Y'all, just, y'all were killing. I know it's the not Wizards sixteen and two, but thirteen and eight is pretty good I around think here. The Wizards are good. <laughs> You're like up and down, and she's like, I don't know success of a Wizards fan. Put the pound on the Wizards side. Sorry, Wizards fans. My bad. Pound.